You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News. And today is the last weekday of the offseason. Officially, next Monday, media day. Officially announced schedule from the Pacers today. Or, well, Thursday for you listening. Tuesday, camp officially opens up. All the players will be there and doing stuff. And we'll get to talk to them all the time. And there'll be lots of storylines to watch. And the preseason will be a week away as of next Tuesday. It's all heating up. So we got to start previewing some season stuff. So today. We're going to look at some fun lineups. We're excited to see this coming season because there's some new players. There's some new rookies. There's a new coach. It's going to be a lot of fun Pacers units to see out there. And this is always a fun show to do because I can just theory craft what groups will look like, even though they might not play together that much. And joining me on the other line, a man who also came up with a bunch of lineups and is really excited for training camp, my lovely co-host, former Indy Cornrows writer extraordinaire, Adam Friedman. Adam, how's it going? It's going pretty well. It's uh. It's a fun day because I think there's a there's what three, I guess two new Pacers who will probably be in the rotation and maybe a third. Yeah, no, I would say there's only two that new Pacers that'll be in the rotation. But I do have one lineup that features the uh, the third new Pacer who probably won't be in the rotation. Yeah, and I guess the other thing is too is there'd be a Pacer player hasn't played with another Pacer player like Warren and LeBron play together. Oh, so yeah. It, kind it, of a new situation itself. There's like a hundred of those situations. Well, yeah, right. but I mean, like, there's like the specific LeVert, Warren, and then whatever else you fit around with that specific right. thing is sort of going to be new. Well, I know Shea and Turner played like, what, one game together? Like, Oh, uh, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. And also so there, there's a lot of random combos that you can you can hobble together and say, wow, this is, this is kind of new or this is funky or whatever you want to do. So I'm going to let you go first. Give me a five-man unit. You are excited to see and why. Okay. So I have one kind of cop-out way. Do you want me to do that one? I'm going to save it for the end. Uh, save cop-outs for later. Do some interesting first. Okay. Um, I think the most interesting one I'm excited to see, and this is because I think this could be sort of the, the go-to bench unit. Uh, McConnell, Levert, Duarte, O'Shea, and Turner. McConnell, Levert, Duarte, O'Shea and Turner. That's a nice one. I have to type and it. I, I love how I even laughed at everybody but O'Shea said. I just like his first name. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is I also typed O'Shea in one lineup and Brissett in a different one. I don't know. I know. First name rolls off the tongue. I usually can't. I, I've, I've caught myself doing that during um, like during shows in the past. Sorry for that beeping noise in the background if you heard that. Um, I, I'm like, why do I keep saying his first name but nobody else's first name? So. Uh, so, so the reason the reason okay. I picked this lineup just to kind of give justification is because I think, like I said, it could be the most interesting bench lineup. I think when you when you get down to it, um, kind of, and this point I guess is kind of assuming Warren is out. But when it comes down to it, like what is like if the top eight doesn't include one of include Warren at the moment, this could be the most interesting like five man playoff lineup when it comes you know at the end of the day if somebody. I, mean, I think at some point you probably would would say it's either Duarte or Justin Holiday in this spot, but. This is a really interesting one. I think it's got enough offense to be pretty good, but it could be really good defensively and got a lot of spacing. Yeah, it'll be that'd be a great second unit. You know, we've seen we saw last year even Turner with the second unit was an excellent, an excellent unit. Um, you know, whichever Pacers starting center ends up with the second unit looks good with that group because they're typically 
good. <laughs> One of the best players in that five, but you know, we've never seen Turner O'Shea together. That's something Adam and I mentioned just before the show started. And that, that duo defensively could be really good. O'Shea's a good perimeter defender. Turner can patrol the paint. We know that. And then McConnell's also a pest, right? So you've got three really solid defenders. Duarte looked like looks like he'll project to be a good team defender. We know Lavert's not the strongest defender, but that five can be at least good on defense. And you know McConnell can create shots, Lavert can create shots. We know Turner can finish plays, and O'Shea can hit three. So if Duarte can even just be an okay floor spacer or a one dribble guy, then that unit can create a bunch of good looks too. So that's that's a really solid second unit, both because of the skills it brings and the fit it has. Yeah, I think and the Pacers get to figure out what their top eight or nine is. And I think when it comes down to the playoffs, or like kind of maybe an even like bigger, more important game at the end of the, end of the season, kind of that kind of stretch, you only want to play maybe eight or nine players. And that gets you to as basically eight players. If you assume the starting five that they have now, that's basically the three bench players in that, in that lineup are McConnell, Duarte, and O'Shea. And I think in that lineup, you can make a case that like, I think it just comes down to like, is Duarte or Justin Holiday going to be better than this? The year goes through. And I, I think they're going to make a case that Duarte plays so well, he could, he could take some of Holiday's minutes just. I mean, assuming that Ralph stays healthy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just think that could be a really interesting kind of like if it comes into a playoff bench unit. OK, I have one that heavily features four of the five guys you just okay. have. You just said so. I'll just do this one now. I called it Levert and shooters. Right. So it's kind of the Pacers second unit, but it's also one of their best shooting groups this year in the absence of Doug McDermott. Now it's Brogdon. Karis Levert, and then either Duarte or Warren. You know, I would put Warren in there, but the injury makes it, you know, not easy to, to just slot him in anything. But whoever the better shooters of those two. And then O'Shea Brissett at the four, Miles Turner at the five. So similar to your group, but more starter heavy. Uh, and what that group does is it just, it's all the spacing you can have around Levert, who we saw at the end of last season when he's tasked with big ball handling duties, can shoulder, you know, not at an elite level, but can shoulder enough of a load to create shots for himself and his teammates. So that group could be really spread out, really dynamic, and it'll be really kind of reliant on Levert, but also Brogdon has enough creation that it's not just on him, but it could also really get the threes up if they need it. So is O'Shea going to be in every one of our lineups? For both? Uh, I have, no, he's not in one of mine. Okay, he's not on one no. of mine either, but he's in, I guess you wrote four down, so he's in three of your fours and four of my five, I guess. Yeah, but uh, one of them he's, you know, you'll see, you'll see. Yeah, so. Nominally in. <laughs> just, just to, 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 I guess to, Basically, your your lineup is basically a starting the starters, but with O'Shea and Sabonis to the spot. Yep, like basically what yours is, which is interesting. Not, I, I don't think it will be better than the starters. I just think Levert and Shooters is a very interesting five that I wanna I wanna see. Yeah, I I would think about could you get away with O'Shea at the five there and figure out even put more shooting on because Turner I think is a, a fair to say up and down shooter, right? Sure, sure. or even if you want to, even if you want to leave Turner in, but maybe even get more shooting, you could go Duarte and Warren when Warren's back. Yeah, if Duarte is a good shooter, we don't know. Yeah, that I guess I, I'm assuming O'Shea has been a good shooter because his percentage in low, like last year went in the minimal amount of attempts he took. Um, right, but yeah, I mean that that's an interesting lineup defensively. I I guess it works, right? I mean, you should be okay at the perimeter with with Brogdon, Warren. I guess we'll assume he's still on his defensive kind of way he was two seasons ago. O'Shea's an okay defender, could definitely guard fours, and Turner's the best defensive player on the team. So that should be a good defensive lineup as well. Yeah, I dig it. I, I was coming up with, I was trying to find a, a the shooting five, and I realized that, you know, if they just had one creator, that'd be a really good group. So I went with Karis LeVert because why not? He was a he was a stud creator to end the last season. Uh, so next up, I want to do, I have two funky groups, as I'll call them. That probably wouldn't work well outside of utility situations, but those are the fun lineups for me to come up with. 
So let's do those next. But first, let's take a short little break. Talk about the great folks over at Bilt Bar, because did you know Bilt Bar has a ton of delicious flavors? Rhett Bauer, who big Pacers fan writes for 8.9 seconds, tweeted at me. He's been trying their new flavor, the cookie dough one, and it is phenomenal. They sent me and Adam them, and they are amazing. You really got to try them. They have a flavor for everybody. Um, most people are passionate about their favorites. The cookie dough is my new favorite, but you can try their mixed package and get nine of their most popular flavors, uh, which they're all delicious. Double chocolate's really good. Mint brownie's really good in it. Cookies and cream's really good. If you haven't tried them, you can try all the flavors. Uh, and not only are Built Bars delicious, they're 100% covered in chocolate, and they're really easy to chew, but they're also very healthy, right? 17 to 18 grams of protein in all of them, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. You can eat them as a snack. You can eat them as a meal substitute, whatever you want to do. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go try them out. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. When you check out, you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Adam, I will let you decide my next path. Okay. Do you want a lineup that features a new pacer or a lineup that does not fe- feature either Turner or Sabonis? Does not, or the, the first option. Okay. The first one features a new pacer in Tory Craig, and that is the Pacers defense unit. This could actually work for extended stretches, but I kind of think the onus of this group would be like, you're up five with the minute to go, and the other team has the ball after a timeout. Okay. Okay. Malcolm Brogdon at the one, TJ Warren at the two, Tory Craig at the three, O'Shea Brissett at the four, and Miles Turner at the five. Good luck scoring. Yeah. That's going to be a tough lineup. I, I, you know, I just, I was trying to find a way to get Craig and Warren together. And there are other ways to do it. Like you could put McConnell in there at the one because of his pestiness and then move Brogdon up to the two and then do Craig Warren instead of Brissett. I think that would probably be close to as good defensively. But this group with Brogdon, Warren, Craig, Brissett, you know how much you can switch with those four guys, one through four? I mean, you could basically, that's it. You could switch one through four. And Turner's no slouch defending the perimeter either. You could really, Switch all five if you need to, and that's that's useful late game. Carlisle's not averse to switching. We saw a lot of switching in summer leagues. If they implement that level with the actual team, there could be a lot of switching, right? So that group satisfies that need really well. You get Torrey Craig in there, and he might be their best defender of those bigger, stronger fours who really killed them last year a lot, and that could be really helpful for them in slowing down some big runs or slowing down some random guys who had huge scoring games against them last year. Mikael Bridges, OG Internobi, so whatever. Who's playing the there. two in that lineup? Just if I'm at who who's playing the two, I had I put Warren in, but it doesn't really matter who. Well, I, I mean, offensively, it's probably fine. Defensively, though, I guess if you got teams with two fast guards, you might be in trouble. Yeah, you know, Brogdon definitely struggles with the speedier guards. Warren, not as much to me, uh, but that's like definitely to, Brogdon's to me, biggest defensive weakness is those quick. Like guards. to me, a team like Utah comes to mind because they've got two guards that are pretty like kind of right. In, in that. I mean, but they don't play Utah tons. So it's probably not a great example, but um, I guess in their conference. Even against Utah, I just put Torrey Craig on one of the guards. Yeah. That's, that's you probably, know, I'm Brogdon, go guard Royce O'Neal. He's not going to run that fast. Yeah. And, and it's not like Warren to me that holds on against like a Mike Conley, for example. Right. I mean, there are just, I guess there aren't a ton of teams that have like two really fast guards, right? A lot of teams are already playing like a shooting guard. It's kind of more like a small. It's body. also really rare that the teams with two fast guards also have like a huge dynamic scoring wing outside of the Brooklyn Nets, who. It doesn't really matter what line. Yeah, that, don't count them. They're no yeah. count. Um, yeah, I mean, you, right, I'm looking in like the East. I'm just trying to take off teams in my head. I guess Atlanta will give them fits, right? Trey Young and uh, Bogdanovich. Was he playing shooting guard for them last year? But he's something that quick. He's more of a skill player. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, give me yeah. one. Give me one of your lineups. 
All right. So this one I chose because it is maybe the, well, it's probably the best five players on the bench in the lineup that we'll probably see a decent amount. And I want to see it because I want to see the, particularly the center play McConnell, Duarte, Holiday. I don't, I don't have to say just holiday anymore. I could just say holiday because there's only one holiday in the team. Hey, all right. Great. Uh, Craig and Goga. Another guy we use first name for, but that's because I can't pronounce his last name. Not because, <laughs> not because, not because I can't, because I'm just not good at that last name. Um, yeah, all second uniters. Yeah, I like it. You know, it's going to be worse than last year if they go hockey sub five to me because McDermott was such a big part of that group. Uh, and we don't really know what Duarte is going to be yet. Right. So if Duarte can't really create for others, like I like, I like what this group can be in general, right. Mostly because I'm higher on Goga, but they, they have enough utility to be like, okay, on both ends, but they're putting a lot of onus on McConnell in that. Yeah. Let me say that this, this lineup is basically McConnell and shooters. Yeah. TJ um, go run around like a maniac and create shots for your teammate, which is, yeah. Let's see. Craig's like a 37%, I guess the last few years from three, I guess just last year, actually. So best uh, from, from three. So if he can, that's good enough. I mean, this is kind of the lineup that I think I was trying to figure out, like, could you get a Sabonis bench lineup? Right. But I just don't think you can, if you got, if you have to play Goga. And so this is the kind of the, the alternative that in some ways. Yeah. yeah. And getting Goga in there is always nice. Free Goga, as we have said on here yeah. for forever, any lineup featuring Tory Craig, I'm all about too, because I'm excited to see him. Play. Yeah, and, and I should say if for the first few weeks, something holiday does start, start, I, I think Dorte should, but we'll see how training camp goes. Um, this line will probably feature McConnell, Duarte, Lamb, Craig, and Goga. Yeah. But. I have one more that is pretty short to discuss, uh, especially because it. it's not technically possible. So we'll get it in before our second break here. The All Youth Five. It was supposed to be Sumner at the one, which now ruins this, but Sumner at the one, Duarte at the two, O'Shea at the three, Isaiah Jackson at the four, Goga at the five. You will never see this unit. It will never happen, mostly because Sumner's out for the year, but also because, I mean, it would only be garbage time, basically, where Carlisle puts O'Shea, Isaiah, and Goga, all three in the front court. But I, I like just want to see it play, because... Uh, Boban, was it Boban they tried to play last year with Porzingis some? <laughs> well, that's that's just two post players. That's not like so crazy, but when you have a third, I guess O'Shea on the wing's not like insane, but it's just it's a lot of front court guys in one group. But I that's like the sub, that's the 24 front court, not a lot of passing. Yeah, yeah. No, it has no creation. I mean, he, so I put I put Sumner with a frowny face and then type McConnell next to it. So McConnell can be your fifth guy there just so someone can create shots and have your young guys actually like, you know, get the ball in favorable positions where they can, yeah, they, they, they can score and do stuff. But I mostly just want to see the young Pacers play together, right? Oh, uh, Goga Duarte pick and roll uh, and Isaiah Jackson, Duarte, anything TJ McConnell and Goga making it happen. Like anything just to see these guys all together, because I'm not saying they're the future of the Pacers, any of them. I don't, I don't know. But I would like to see them all play together in case they are. And then you can get a little feel for, okay, if these guys are on the next iteration of our starting five or second unit, we kind of know how they're going to fit together. Yeah, they really use like a, a third point guard. Really. Yeah, you know, to, that's going to be a, a heavy focus next week when we talk about what to watch. Like, I mean, I guess unless Duarte can, or, or I guess Levert is a point guard, they're kind of going to be... In trouble if, if just one one of their two point guards goes down because I don't know who's going to. Well, that's that's why uh, Keelan Martin better have an amazing camp or preseason, right? Because Keeper Sykes will be breathing down his neck to potentially be a third point guard who can kind of create off the bounce a tiny bit, or you know, Jean Giroux even converted from a two way. Like, there's a lot of competition suddenly because of positional. I have, especially I have, a, feeling it, I have a feeling it's going to have to come from outside those, maybe, but I could be wrong. Interesting. 
I mean, I just like, I got waived like 20 minutes before we started recording. Well, I mean, there's a reason like, but Sykes is 27, I guess Dijon Drew maybe. Um, but that's probably it. I mean, like, I just think there's a reason Sykes who's 27 hasn't, hasn't been in the league basically. Right. I don't think he's basically good, good enough to. So I don't know. It, it, it will be interesting, but yeah, I think, uh, Team definitely needs a third point guard now. Now that we've done some, a few of these lineups, especially now that's under shirt. Yeah, so we'll do a couple more. I have one that I really like, but I'll let you go first after the break. Of course, we're going to take one more break though before we finish this up. First up, let's talk about the great people over at RockAuto.com because there's a ton of makes and models out there for cars. They get updated every year. They get updated every season. It's impossible for your local auto parts store to get all those parts in the store. You go there, they don't have it. You got to look through the aisle. It's somewhat random in the store. Then they question you about the make and model of your car. You don't know it exactly. They have to order the part anyway. It's not a great experience. You know what is a great experience? RockAuto.com, right on your computer, right in your pocket, on your phone, whatever. You can save time and money using Rock Auto. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are super low and reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need for your car or truck, go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. If you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box, they'll know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And let's also talk about the great folks over at betonline.ag because they are back and better than ever, a revamped website Football is rolling. Basketball coming right up. WNBA playoffs in full swing. Bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. They've got a new updated interface, even more odds, props, and contests. It's the number one source for everything football. Head over to that website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device. Sign up today. You can receive a 100% welcome bonus when you sign up if you use the promo code locked on. All one word. Double your initial deposit just for signing up. And there's also the promo code NFL100 you can also use. For a similar welcome bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't forget to take advantage of all the amazing offers available at betonline.ag, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, Adam, you made one more lineup than me, so you definitely have to go first here. Give me another lineup you're excited to watch. So I, I, I saved my wonky one. Um, yes, good. I love it, wonky. So this one isn't involve any players. It's simply... Any single center lineup. Any okay. You name uh, the four players and give me the single center, and let's say yeah, that any I of those made lineups. Four lineups and all of them were single centers. So okay, so that's fair. Apparently, I'm, I'm not excited to watch Turbonus, even though I'm not unexcited to watch it. With I'm Carlisle. basically like, thinking I'm I'm excited to watch Sabonis, Warren at the four, and then you can pick the next three guys. I guess I guess you can play for, for set, but like anything that involves. I think Sabonis playing in a unit like that is really exciting. Turner even at the same time, just because I would love to see how much the plus minus different in those situations, right? Just yeah, so we like, have years of evidence that they're better with one center than two. And I know on-off numbers aren't the whole story, but there is a point where you have three seasons of sample size, especially against good teams, where the one I, center units look great. I'm going to be honest, and I, I think I've said this before, but like, imagine if the Turner and Sabonis injury even flipped in the bubble last year. like. Would that team have actually got a couple games of the heat? And would the trajectory of the no. Pacers have changed completely? You don't think they got even a game with no. just about Turner played well in that series. Yeah, but their offense was so bad that I, I just feel like I feel like there would have been Sabonis would have unclogged that in some way. Unless Sabonis could like dribble drive all of a sudden that year in that series. Well, I remember he was putting up triple doubles before the before the pandemic. 
right toward, remember he was he had tripped up against Dem. he had like three or four and then all of a sudden the pandemic and he, he, he certainly was playing okay in that march but i don't think he would be good enough oh, to win play a little bit better than okay i mean i i thought he i don't recall that three or four triple doubles yeah here, span of that what you're speaking let's see i will pull it up for you because I, I i remember <laughs> he did one in denver that was his first triple of his career in denver in i want to say it was late january and then he took off from there oh that's so, like two months pre-pandemic yeah like right before the pandemic so it's getting it, robbed of uh, yes, his he had a triple double in Brooklyn. Uh, I found that they had one in Toronto, and he had, he had one in January nineteenth in De- uh, at Denver. He puts a 22, 15, and ten. That was the Doug McDermott game. Yes, uh, that where, was a very fun game. Then he did it against Portland uh, the day Kobe died. <laughs> and that's I always remember that. Then he did it against Toronto, then Brooklyn. I mean, yep, and then Brooklyn. So like, look at his assist numbers. Like he was. From that, like I think you look look at the the tallest first triple double to the last game you played that season, his assist jumped to about six and a half per game, six point three. Yeah. So I mean, he was becoming the player he was last year already. And I think it's going to be interesting to see. I don't honestly that would have won the series, but I think I think no chance, no chance. I think you have a better chance of winning a game one game with with, a, with an offensive output than you do defensive output, just the way that the, the league is, right? I think like. You're you just have a better of getting lucky in a, in a game by outscoring a team. But anyways, I think I would love to see him around f- with four basically like shooters or whatever you want to call it, and see how see if they could you know basically outscore teams by a ton of points. Well, that is my last lineup. You just said it. Okay. I just typed Sabonis plus handlers in all caps. It's Sabonis, Warren, Lavert, Brogdon, and McConnell. It's Sabonis and four guys who, if you give them the ball, they can put together multiple dribbles. Which sounds stupid, but like I kind of like the notion that that people have thrown out to talk about shot creators as like a one dribble player, a two dribble player, a three dribble player, right? How many moves can you put together productively that do something to change the defense, right? A one dribble player takes one dribble, nothing really changes. They reset the play. A two dribble player can kind of make something happen. That's like Doug McDermott last year. You know, Jeremy Lamb might be like a three dribble player. And then if you're above that, you're like getting into the pain and creating shots for other people. And I think all four of those non-bonus players are four dribble players so they could beat a defender, beat a switch, kick it around, right? That'd be the most potent offensive unit I think they could put out next season. Now, Warren, I don't know when he'll come back, but when healthy, I think that is the five that they could put out there and say, you know, we are bending the opposing defense in the most possible ways. Yeah, and it's a bonus is they need to, to start trying to maximize the, the most they can and win games because if he can prove that he's a like closer to a – I don't know, top tw- like top fifteen than top twenty five player. Let's say is that, that will help. <laughs> no, he, well, he's probably like right twenty to twenty five to thirty, right? Right now, uh, all the NBA one hundred ranks that just came out had him about forty. Okay, uh, no, that's closer that, that's, to thirty than forty, but that's just yeah. Um, that's, no, I, it, I look at those lists and I don't like top one hundred rankings, so I don't talk about them ever. It doesn't matter to me, but. We did, we did, we did do it one year, I think. But yeah, we did it two years in a row. But I'm glad that this offseason is short enough. We aren't desperate enough for content to. I, I honestly haven't looked at anything because I don't like them very much either. Um, yeah, it's not that interesting. But there were like was, two or three players around. You can go, yeah, he's better than that. But it wasn't like so egregious that I thought, oh, you know, so like 35-ish. Yeah, anyway. I think some of that some of that probably is the fact that the center in, in generals are kind of devalued right after the top tier. Uh, you, you said that a lot recently, and I still don't agree with you, but that's okay. Well, no, but I think if you could, if, it, if it's a coin flip, like I said, between him and Jalen Brown, right? I assume he's ahead of him on that list. Uh, yeah, way ahead. Right? One um, Jalen Brown's just better, but he but he's better also because he's in the, the position everybody needs out of three. I mean, no, I just right. think he's better. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he 
I don't think the position has anything to do with why I'd prefer Jimmy. Well, he's better because he's a better defender, right? He can guard more positions, right? That's that's what I mean by he's just in a spot. Like being six eight is more valuable than being seven foot in the league at times. Um, and then he, I mean, yeah, I don't, I've been going this, we've done it before, but like, I think the center spot in general just isn't that valid because it, it, it can't guard one through four and it doesn't have the balls that's hand as much unless you're like at the top tier in this group. I just want him to screen. I don't, I don't even want him to have the ball that much. Oh, I, I want the ball in his hands more. I think that's probably it's like the third or fourth best creator in this group. So I just, just set some screens, maybe just man offs, but don't dribble. <laughs> yeah. I mean, him in the action every time, basically. Yes. A lot of, yes. A lot of that. He can make decisions still as a screener, but like. I do, you know, no post-ups, no, no elbow touches, just, just run around the perimeter, set some screens, do some rolling, hand the ball off, let the other guys dribble and create stuff and knock down yeah. a three. If you get the ball, man. I mean, and I, I do think he's one of the, I mean, he's, he's a pretty decent creator. I think, I mean, at least probably he's a little too turnover prone, right? I mean, he's still got a pretty high turnover percentage, but uh, if he can keep improving that, he, he does make decent decisions because he can usually get space, right? Cause you have a center on him. So he's not like, the centers and playing tight ends are giving a lot of room to operate and run dribble handoffs or like, kick, kick it out to guys and whatnot. So you only have one more, correct? You only have one more lineup? Uh, yeah. Um, it was basically, it's, I mean, I've, I've been writing down a ton, frankly, but the four I wrote initially, which one have I left out? Let me figure this out. Um, I guess I did say, did I say, I did Tim McConnell, Avert, Duarte, O'Shea, Turner, right? Yes, that was first your first one. one. Okay. I think the last one I had was Brogdon, Levert, Brissett, uh, and uh, Turner. Just because that's I four to see. players. Brogdon, Levert, Warren, Brissett, Turner. Oh, okay. <laughs> just because <laughs> like, I would like to see also uh, what, it, what it's like. I mean, it's the same thing as a single center lineup. But I just like to see uh, basically like I would I think is probably the Pacers one through best one through four each spot with Turner, who is the pink best defender, and see if that's a better lineup than the Sabonis ones, for example. Possibly, I think that would fit really well and would be like. You know, their second unit a bit last year where Turner could be a bit more involved. Yeah, I, I just like the idea of Brissett Turner together on both ends. You know, not that it will be better than any Sabonis infused group, but just fr- from a perspective of seeing it, maybe there's some reason to bias when I think of lineups I want to see because for the end of last season, for the last, what, 25 games, we didn't get to see Miles Turner very much, right? So as the Pacers evolved and we saw more players play, we weren't seeing them with Turner. So maybe when I'm thinking about stuff I want to see, I'm, I'm a little too focused on him, but there's a lot of fit stuff with him. I want to see, especially with the new coach. So Sabonis is better and better fitting with a lot of guys. But for me personally, I, I'm intrigued by his fit with a lot of guys. Yeah. And I, I would be intrigued by lineup where Levert and Warren, the offense kind of runs through them and it will in general, most of it, like where, especially it's like those two are the offense. And then it's like basically Brogdon Turner, like holding the defense and, Basically getting see if that's kind of the right balance, right? Where you get yeah. enough offense out of those two guys and then enough defense out of the other two to sort of produce like a really solid lineup. We did not include Justin Holiday in any lineups you want to see. Just, we saw Justin that Holiday boring. We saw him on last year in starting lineups, all kinds yeah. of lineups. He's played he's played at every game since he signed with the Pacers. Yeah, and, and I think we also didn't say turn most together because I think we sent out enough too to really you know another player we did not include in a single lineup we want to see. Keelan Martin. <laughs> uh, well, I meant like of guys who might be in the rotation. <laughs> there is a player neither of us said that might Lamb. actually be in the rotation. Jeremy, Jeremy Lamb. Lamb. That's cool. well, I did mention him vaguely in a lineup. Remember, I said it's it, true. That's true. Could, he'll be in this lineup initially, probably. Every other player that will like get important minutes. You know, we're not including two A guys here. Like they'll play, but it'll be garbage time. You know, yeah. got in a lineup except for Lamb. <laughs> you had well, Holiday so, in one, I think. So we we watched this team win 34 games last year. Lamb was a big reason that I think they weren't very good, was one of them. The other big issue was Holiday starting. This wasn't very good. He's a much better bench player. So it doesn't, I mean, not that big of a deal to me. I agree. I agree. I just think I 
just think it's interesting. Given the context of this team, let me know, please. A lineup you want to see on Twitter at T East NBA or Bug Adam at Freedom Five. This podcast is on Twitter at Locked On Pacers. We love constructive criticism for our poor lineup decisions or something that you think we can do better. Again, next week, we are back, baby. Five days a week, we'll be doing position previews, breaking down this or looking at the upcoming season for guards, forwards, and bigs. We'll do a media day recap. We'll do notes from camp because we'll actually be able to talk to players and coaches. And we'll do a what to watch for in camp next Monday because there will be some roster battles coming up, um, some you know game, preseason games, what to watch for in those, a new coaching staff, how it all fits. There will be a lot to talk about. So we'll get to that Monday. Everybody have a great weekend, and we will see you then.